Webster is taking off for L.A. He lives to thrash. He loves to compete. But the competition is a killer. Check it out, it's hooking the dagger. of the Bangles, Animotion, Devo, Meatloaf, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Thrashing. Well, what do you thrash? What do you got? You'd like to be held like that? Yeah, I'd love it. It's not a kid's game anymore. Welcome to They Called Us a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Called Us a Movie and find us on Twitter and Instagram at TicTamPod. That's T-C-D-A-M-Pod. We are also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation and you could find them at GVNation.com. Welcome back to They Called Us a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, friends. Hello, everyone. Uh, watching this movie, I think I found the one shot in a movie that will make me laugh every time it happens. It's the camera on the ground facing up and people diving over it as though they're falling down. Sure, um, uh, that's I, a good trope. I died laughing um, the entire time, um, so I'm doing this from heaven right now with you guys. Um, Glad so. uh, to see you take your time out uh, for yeah. the life of eternal happiness. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got up here. It was a thrashing that did it. So we can put that on on my tombstone, which you guys are in charge of. Oh shit! We gotta do that. Okay. You're just asking us for everything, man. <laughs> Not it. Oh <laughs> goddamn it! Uh, before we get into this week's movie and all the thrashing that happens in it, uh, what do you guys watch this week? Dan, watch anything? I did. So you know, we were disappointed that I I kind of bailed on Gerardjuary. I finished February strong. I watched Olympus has fallen and I, you know, it's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bullshit you guys. It's fine. Nothing to write home about. Um, 
other than that, I found myself watching. You guys are probably going to make fun of me for this. I've been watching the old uh, Pokemon show, you know, from like the 90s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a kid, I, that was the bee's knees to me. I love that show. I used to wake up early for school. I'd watch it. And as an adult, it, it's really like, you know, that old, that old saying, don't grow up, kids. It's a trap. Mm-hmm. It's a huge trap, man, because I'm sitting here just judging the shit out of Ash Ketchum. Like, why is he using this Pokemon on this kind of Pokemon? What an idiot. How does he not know this? How does he? And I'm arguing with the TV. And every time he comes upon a new Pokemon, he's like, oh, what's that? And he's, you know, he's asking what it is. How does this kid not know what the fuck that is? And it, it dawned on me, he's saying that to explain to the audience <laughs> what the Pokemon is. Like, hey, kids, this is what this one is. But meanwhile, my 35-year-old crotchety self, what an idiot. How's this guy going to be the best there ever was? He doesn't know anything. <laughs> Do you watch Dora the Explorer and just lose your mind when she can't, when she doesn't say where things are? It's right in front of you, Dora. Jesus, if it had teeth, it would bite you, Dora. My God. Uh, no, I'm a little too old for that, Anthony. Thank you very much. Did you get do you get mad at Swiper for not having initiative after only being told no twice? <laughs> no, I, I can I can say I've I've never watched a single episode of Dora the Explorer. Not even out of just curiosity. I, it's it's I'm way too old for that. I I would say but no. Uh, Pokemon. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> Yell, yelling at a ten year old kid. Uh, I think you might be too old, but not high enough for Dora the Explorer. Yeah, <laughs> it's oh, is, not so bad. Is that, <laughs> is it's pretty good like, while high. Those are the only ways you could watch it. You're either a child or you're super baked. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that the the puzzles are challenging in that aspect. And when you when you're high, <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> is that it? That is it. <laughs> Just yelling at your TV at Pokemon. She, and but listen. I'm not alone. My wife does it with me as well. So we're both, and that's how we're going to treat our kid, I guess, when we have a kid. <laughs> you idiot. How do you not know how to wash your hands? Use the soap. What's wrong with you? Imagine just the Simpsons. It means he gets results, you stupid chief. <laughs> Wait, what is, what's the. Dan, uh... sit down. <laughs> or what is, uh, which episode is that? It, uh, is that McGarnacle? It's McGarnacle. McGarnacle, right? What does that even mean, McGarnacle? It means he gets results, you stupid chief. <laughs> or we'll, we'll be watching something. We're like It's like Nightboat. Like, oh, look, it's Nightboat. Now, <laughs> it looks like we have two TVs. We're two Nightboats. <laughs> uh, okay. Mark, what about you? Anything this week? Uh, nothing this week. Uh, very important life things have been going on this week, so no time. But um, I think... Um, this weekend, um, I was—I won't assume for all of us, but I think we'll all be seeing the same movie this weekend. So I'm glad I'm—I'm I'm, I'm excited to talk about it next week. I don't know what movie you're talking about. <laughs> Are you serious or no? <laughs> I think <he's laughs> serious. Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> don't play. Damn it! Three... Ain't, got, ain't got me this time. I don't have three <laughs> hours to waste in a fucking AMC. Torrent it, that shit. <laughs> that the part about being in an amc is, is the bad part of that sentence <laughs> like, real quick how weird is it where i'm i'm almost i'm kind of with you on this ant so the the new batman movie is three hours long right i don't yep. have patience for, i love batman i don't have patience for this <laughs> but if you throw an avengers movie in there that's three hours i would be first in line 
Well, I mean, we've already had several, right? Endgame Endgame was more or less, for for all intents and purposes, it was three hours long. Do you think that's because maybe more people are inclined to do that because it's earned that that right to be three hours? Where the the Batman is, they're just like, oh yeah, this is a new Batman movie and we're just going to make it as long as we want. Yeah, I I don't know. It's just, just please stop doing it. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's one of the most negative effects of the Marvel craze is the long hour, uh, the the long runtime. Yeah, because I was like looking, I was like, oh, maybe I'll try and see it Thursday night or like there's like a three o'clock show on Thursday. It's like, I don't have three and a half hours in a random Thursday afternoon. Yeah, just, it's, and it's not three and a half hours. It's it's four. It's it's so it, it's about three and a half hours with the commercials and everything like that, right? But travel time, we're talking about a four hour ordeal. Right. I could get to Central Pennsylvania in this time. You're essentially going to like a football game. <laughs> yeah, I I can't go to see the Batman and then tell my sister I don't have that kind of time to go visit her because <laughs> <laughs> I obviously do. <laughs> yeah, uh, man. I'm torn. I mean, obviously, I'm going to see this movie. I don't know if I'm going to see it immediately. I don't know if I'm going to see it more than once. I don't know if I have, I don't know, like, A, the time, B, the money. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, going to see a movie multiple times in the theater when you're in your 20s, that's something. But, like, yeah. now we're in our 30s, yet every every moment could be your last. <laughs> you, know? Oh, you, know, you know, you know, well, he died in the middle of his third showing of the Batman. <laughs> Mark, you're going to find this out soon. There's always something to do now, right? Yeah. At, at the house or, the, you know, wherever your domicile is. You could mm-hmm. be doing laundry or you could be uh, cle- just cleaning in general, doing something, going to this is gonna sound so it this is gonna sound super duper white and some people are, are gonna be like i i have no idea what that is but i could go to the recycling center a few times <laughs> and drop off shit from my garage that needs to be thrown out yeah like uh get schedule an appointment with a gastroenterologist <laughs> which i happen to do <laughs> that's, that's see, my friday plan see there, there you go man there, life is getting in the way of the batman and yeah. i'm not and vice versa too it. yeah oh the, yeah the batman's get in the way of life yeah. I, and i'm not sad about it and i guess yeah. revoke my batman card but mm. it's I, I i'm not super pumped for a three-hour batman movie mm-hmm. i'm sure it's gonna be great that's gonna be fun well, maybe not fun. It might be miserable. And that's probably the part. That's probably part of it is that you're in for three hours of moodiness. Yeah, just gritty. Like That's the, always the, the buzzword, right? It's gritty. Gritty. And like I missed last two Scorsese movies for this exact reason. Oh, The Irishman. Like The Irishman and Silence. I was like, man, do I want to watch a two hour and 40 minute movie about Jesuit priests? No. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch a four hour movie about old ass robert de niro not really (laughs) uncanny valley robert de niro yeah walking like a 70 year old but looking like a 35 year old oh man it's so sad i always point to the scene where he like curb stomps the one guy yeah and it's so and he's supposed to be like i guess 30 in in that scene it's so obvious he's 70 years old (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like gingerly walking up to him because he doesn't want to fall down right. and he doesn't get up at this point in this in his age his foot is barely two inches off the ground because he just cannot physically lift his feet that high 
<laughs> is that all you didn't watch this week, Mark? Yes. It's, all right. I'm glad. I'm glad that my didn't watch Spark Dave three minute conversation. <laughs> that that included our inevitable doom. Yes. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> we're we're gonna die if we go see the Batman. We will die in the theater, <laughs> according to me. Uh, as for me, I only watched. I finished watching Peacemaker, which I liked a lot. Which <laughs> now we're talking about that. That was eight hours. So, um, but over a week, you know, it wasn't all in one sitting. Sure. And then I watched the only movie I watched this week was The Power of the Dog before Sam Elliott oh, said he hated it. Jeez, I, I was hoping we would talk about that before he said it was a piece of shit. I don't believe it's a piece of shit, but I don't care. It's boring. <laughs> that's a, that's it's not made for best dry. picture, right? Yeah. Who gives a shit? Yeah, honestly. I, I'm Oscars could go fuck themselves. Honestly, I haven't I haven't agreed or cared about the Oscars since I want to say since the King's Speech won. Nothing against the King's Speech. I haven't never seen it. But like in that in this span of time between that movie and now, I've maybe seen three or four of the movies that would eventually that wound up winning Best Picture. Maybe I saw Parasite. Oh, that's a movie I've seen. I saw that before one Best Picture. I didn't just watch it, but I'm just naming the ones that I've seen. Like Nomadland, I saw that one Best Picture. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, everything's always just fine, really. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, yeah. I try not to, because I, I don't want to be that guy who complains about what wins Best Picture without seeing a majority of them. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not excited for any of these movies. None of them really stuck out to me. Uh, yeah. I don't know i don't i'm i feel like because now we're post-pandemic and movies are this weird concept now like the the oscars are a weird concept we're we're getting into this area where the movies aren't really talked about anymore i guess sure uh so i i don't know i think i think the oscars is just kind of maybe it should die out a little bit probably i mean it shouldn't be a four-hour ordeal either. Oh, that's yeah. another. That's another one that's super fucking long. Nobody's got time for this shit. And I get that they they tried to solve that by cutting categories from the program. Mm-hmm. But also, just cut the like cut the pomp and circumstance, man. Yeah, the dance we numbers. Need, we don't need that shit. We don't need Billy Crystal joking around for a twenty-five minute opener. There should there should be no post. Just yeah. Get, it with the the uh, the present uh, the presenter, bring them out. Mm-hmm. Here's who wins. Move it along. This should be an hour, hour and a half tops. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't give a shit because <laughs> movies like Thrashing don't win. Right now, come on, <laughs> come on. Like, can we, all right? Can we start this real quick? Because really, <laughs> I, I want to talk about this real quick. Do we get into the the movie? We got to go. We got to cut the commercial first. Oh, all right, all right, all right. So we'll we'll cut the commercial now. It's like we're gonna take a quick break. And, li- and you guys have listed some ads, and we'll be back in a second with this week's movie. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into this week's movie. And this week was my pick. And I picked a movie I've never seen before. I never even heard of it before. But I read the description on Amazon Prime, which basically was everything we hoped Gleaming the Cube would be and more. It's got a Romeo and Juliet story. It's got skateboards. What more do you want? That movie is 1986's Thrashing with an N apostrophe, not thrashing. Thrashing. thrashing so uh, i would love to know where you guys are coming from with thrashing so why don't we start with you dan where are you coming from boys oh boys can i tell you something i love this ahead. movie That's why I... <laughs> I loved 
this movie. This might be one of my favorite movies we've covered. This movie, this movie fucking rocked my socks. Man. <laughs> I, I was smiling the whole time. And that's not to say it's a good movie, but mm-hmm. for what it is, it's amazing. And mm. it accomplishes exactly what it sets out to do, right? It, it's skateboarding. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not um, skateboarding culture, I guess. Right. So yeah. this is how this is how they do it, man. This is how I guess that that culture was in the '80s and the the early '90s before it really like kicked off with you know like uh, what made it really big. I guess like Tony Hawk, obviously really big. But what were like the X Games? I guess. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, right before that, and I could definitely understand why. Older people hated skateboarders because mm-hmm. these guys are a bunch of dickheads. Just... <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's cool. I, I they're having fun. It's totally uh, it's harmless for the most part, right? They're not they're not vandalizing you know people or whatever. But I just man, I was I didn't know what to. Expect. I thought this was going to be super corny. I loved it. I loved it so much. And it it has. I think it has. I don't even think. I know it has. My favorite line in any movie we've covered, and mm-hmm. I, I alluded to this before, and I, I wanted to keep you guys on the edge of when uh, Josh Brolin's character Corey is hitting on uh, uh, the main female lead, Christy. Right? Christy is her name. Chrissy. 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 So they're they're outside of the uh, the Red Hot Chili Pepper concert. They're kind of getting to know each other a little bit, and Chrissy's kind of giving him the business, like, oh, you know. What's up with this this whole skateboarding thing? I was like, oh, you know, it's it's just thrashing, you know, it's just thrashing. And she says, "What are you thrashing?" And he looks at her and just goes, "What do you got?" And <laughs> I just, I was like, "Yes, hell yeah, you go, Josh Brolin. That's fucking, that's what I'm talking about right there. I want to incorporate that into my everyday life." Somehow, just like it, no one's ever gonna ask me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a perfect setup. It was like, just what are you doing? Mowing? What are you mowing? What do you got? What do you got? <laughs> yeah, it's it's never gonna happen, and it makes me sad. But it makes me so happy that this dialogue is in the universe. It's in cinema, and it, <laughs> I love it. I I love this movie. I love the the stupidity of it. The, the whole warriors meets Romeo and Juliet vibe. Oh, 10 out of 10. <laughs> All right, Mark, what about you? Where are you coming well, from? Well, I absolutely love this movie too. Um I I also because I had a history of watching probably its uh lesser version known as Airborne from 1993. Sure. Um but this movie tops it in a million ways probably because Josh Brolin's a better actor than whoever played the main character in Airborne. But um, yeah, this this movie's fantastic. It's it's like you said, it's everything we want at Gleaming the Cube to be. It's such a time period, time capsule period movie where they just have everything that was like taking place in the mid 80s, like making fun of breakers, you mm. know, break dancers on the street. There's, you know, uh Apparently, at one point, they eat a giant banana split, like, um, <laughs> which is like, oh, yeah, the kids go to diners and eat giant banana splits. I guess that was a thing in the 80s. Um, but, yeah, it's just the the performances are 
are just perfect for this type of movie because it's like fun throughout. It's really dumb. Um, But as Dan said, some of the line delivery and uh, the lines written are just, I'm so glad they happened. Um, The, the, the fact that, um, you know, uh, like I had some weird, strange moments watching this. Like I got excited when they walked out of a Popeye's for some reason. Like my mind, my mind went, "Holy shit, there's a Popeyes here!" <laughs> For some reason, um, that's just how invested I was in this movie. Um, yeah, I, I, I highly recommend this. Um, um, it's definitely going to be a movie um, in, in a personal way that I'm going to suggest to my sister, who absolutely adores Airborne, and just show her this is a better movie <laughs> about these things. Um, but yeah, the. The really dumb uh, Romeo and Juliet stuff was, you could really tell that's where they drew it from with the whole, you know, he's like, you know, you can only, essentially just saying you can only date daggers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that their name was daggers was sure. too on the nose. I don't know if that's in the trivia that they were like, like that was the inspiration for it and not just a trope um, because just using little things like that, maybe I'm overthinking it, but um there's just so much in this movie and it's one of the better ones we've watched in a while yeah um three put them on the board uh i agree completely with you guys i love this movie it was so much fun so glad i picked it uh the music was great we got meatloaf we got a cameo by the red hot chili peppers they we've got uh who else who was else? devo was on the soundtrack yeah this the the, the soundtrack the the skateboarding the thrashing, I guess you could say. Awesome. The fact that there is a non-zero chance that David Lynch has seen this movie and loved it because two of the actresses would go on to be in Twin Peaks. Fantastic. Just imagine David Lynch watching this shit. Yeah, it's a great time. I loved it. Couldn't sit, Everything that I wanted it to be when I saw the, the description on Amazon Prime. It's like, this is the movie. And it did not disappoint. I love... Yeah. Uh... So like, pretty much like the, the whole premise of the movie is there's two rival gangs in L.A. And they're they're both skateboarding gang. And it's like they're they're battling out for supremacy of the area. Now, you would think when you're talking about two gangs, they're, they're both like rough and tumble or whatever. One gang, the Daggers, is like grown men. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then the gang that our hero, Josh Brolin's character, is a part of has like children in it. <laughs> yep. Who's... It's like four dudes. Four dudes from the valley. <laughs> right. You're like, come on, like, who's going to win? The super... Yeah, there's the Daggers has grown men who are, you know, they probably number 10 to 12 of them. Yeah. And the other ones are just like a couple kids. It's yeah. not really a fair fight. Yeah, they probably deal drugs out of that house. Oh, it's a yeah. mess. That that's a frat house, right? That, uh, that I think it's more like a house. flop house. Flop I think house. it's more like <laughs> a flop house. It's probably more accurate. Do you, uh, you think, think snuff think, films have been uh, filmed there? I think Velvet was uh, tying off in the bathroom in uh, some of these scenes, where you don't see her. Um, yeah, it's it's a fucking mess. Yeah. What a great movie, though. This is so much fun. Like, I gladly watched this twice. Yeah, yeah, I started, I watched it once, and then I started watching it again. I got about halfway through. Uh, I, I got to the part, well, more than halfway through, I got to the part where Chrissy leaves. So pretty much the, like, the end of the movie. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just the downhill after that. Yeah. So good. <laughs> so, Thrashin from 1986, directed by David Winters, who's a British director that started off as an actor, most notably in West Side Story. Also directed Mission Kill, Rage to Kill, Codename Vengeance, and Space Mutiny. Stars Josh Brolin, Robert Russler, Pamela Gidley, Brooke McCarter, Chuck McCann, Tony Alva, Sherilyn Fenn, Josh Richmond, Brett Marks, Tony Hawk, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It has an IMB score of 6.5 and a Rotten Tomato score of nothing, but it has 71% audience score. And I couldn't find the budget or box office numbers for this. Yeah, there's two things about this movie. One, I love it, but one, the only thing that I would love better and, and probably the one thing Airborne has over it is that the Devil's Backbone is a much better name than the L.A. Massacre. The L.A. Massacre. In terms, in, in terms of hills to go down. Sure. Um, and, and the other one is looking up um, all the actor act the actors in this movie, um, it was fun that apparently, randomly, two of the actors in the movie ended up in Twin Peaks stuff. Yeah, that's that's what yeah. I was saying, right? Uh, was it a Pamela yeah. Gidley was in it? Yeah. And Sherilyn Fenn. Fenn. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just I was just adding on to that point. It's just like thrashing you know yeah like it's it's just it just shows what in that time period or at least maybe i'm wrong in my thinking but um that young actors kind of just got thrown in these movies you mm-hmm. know kind of like hey you need a couple credits on your belt they're doing some skateboarding movie in la you go go do it for like two days you know right. it, it like it doesn't look like there's like a a long-term thinking to a career um mm-hmm. at least during this time period right I was a David Lynch prize sitting at home saying, Oh, I like that girl velvet. Let's get her <laughs> on my, in my TV show. <laughs> that's my, that's my David Lynch impression. I thought he was with and, us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to, I was going to ask you why you weren't, why you didn't lead with that aunt that, that, that he was here. It's pretty spot on. You got to go back yeah. and listen to him. Give his weather reports. <laughs> I was really bummed to hear that. Uh, Pamela Gidley had passed away. In, uh, yeah, like 2018, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, she was young. Yeah, and she was pretty good in the, like the the acting was pretty good in this movie overall. I I wasn't like because this is the kind of movie where you would think, all right, you have Josh Brolin, who's you know he's not yet a powerhouse, but he's you know he's coming off Goonies, so he mm-hmm. he has a big movie under his belt already, like you know Mark was saying. But he's clearly the better the better actor out of anybody. But mm-hmm. no one really. No one distracts you and thinks like, man, that was bad. Everyone was pretty good. Even even Bozo has some history. He's in Bad News Bears. That's so. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. I knew and, I recognized like his face a little bit. And I'm like, what is it? And then it looks up and he's in all like all the Bad News Bears movies. Uh, okay. like, yeah. And uh, Robert Russler from Nightmare on Elm Street 2 we've covered yeah. before. Yeah. He was the one that, he was the one I knew outside of Brolin going. Yeah. And, and of course, Tony Hawk was in Gleaning the Cube that we've covered, yeah. and Flea was in Motorama. Yeah, you you had mentioned the um, oh is is Robert Russler the best friend in a nightmare? yeah okay yeah he's the one yeah. who gets killed when uh they they have like the the pool party right he I think they're in the bedroom together right and he and that's when that's when Freddie comes out of uh, the kid uh, okay yes you're right uh you mentioned the soundtrack and I mm-hmm. was I was hoping. The only song that would play was Thrashin' by Meatloaf. <laughs> uh, that that song is awesome. 
I loved every second of it. Thrashing <laughs> in the USA, man. I love. Oh man, it, it, I had no idea it was Meatloaf. Me neither. No idea it was Meatloaf. No, it didn't sound no like idea. him at all. Yeah. According yeah. to IMDb, it's him, and I, I think in the credits statement, he's it's credited. in the credits too. Performed by Meatloaf. Yeah. 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 Unreal. The, uh, the 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 most ridiculous part, and remind you of when this movie was made, was that they just announced the Red Hot Chili Peppers as like this skater punk band before yeah, they were. Oh, was... I know. You... Yeah. This was after, this was around the time of their second album, but this is before yeah. uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. So yeah, and by five years or so, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think I think one of the songs they performed, I think I've heard before. In this, this is during Kiedis's heroin days, no doubt. Yeah, uh, it looked like yeah, it forget, very much. So. I'd have to look through the the soundtrack, but yeah, it was like they, it was like it was like if that band from um, the uh, the well. We never released this episode, but the uh, from the Vendetta movie, you know, <laughs> ended up becoming superstar rock and rollers. Right. Like that's the equivalent to the Red Hot Chili Peppers in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's like just some band from L.A. that they threw on here because they needed a musical band. Yeah. Yep. Now they're huge. Now you yep. can't turn on an alternative radio station without hearing them at least yeah. once. And it's always under uh, the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was still under the bridge at this point. Very much yeah. so. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I I was uh. I, I, obviously, I liked the whole dynamic of, you know, you get the West Side Story, the Romeo and Juliet kind of thing. But I, I liked how they, they played it up where, like, the love, the, the romance didn't take forefront of the movie, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it was all about thrashing. It, it stood it true yeah. to the message. What do you got? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's what was great. Like, yeah, it, it helped. Chrissy was almost like the Adrian of thrashing, right? Where sure. Corey is obviously Rocky, and he's he's training, <laughs> he's training for this L.A. Uh, murder. What is it? L.A. massacre. This yep. whole downhill thing, and he kind of needs her in his corner at one point. So it's it's like every you know Rocky's one through four, right? He he sucks until Adrian's in his corner, and then he gets into the montage, and that's kind of what happens here. It's it's the tried and true '80s trend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Uh, there is one thing I, I would say. I found the L.A. Massacre kind of underwhelming. Yeah. Just I think just in how they filmed it. It's just it doesn't seem all that fast. Really. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't see that cop speed radar gun at the end? <laughs> oh, what? well, I did. But do I believe it is a different question. <laughs> you bring up a good point, Mark, because I, I had written down in my notes. It's 63. How do you not make it 69? Yeah. How? Don't even make. Well, it that 60s. wasn't a thing back then. Yeah. Oh, sixty nine wasn't a thing. Well, well no, no, Ernest, Ernest didn't invent it yet. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Remember? remember? Wow, what a callback. <laughs> was that Ernest goes to school? That was Ernest saves Christmas. Saves Christmas. Yeah. Okay. Damn, that was quite the callback, sir. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but I, I feel like it would have been more interesting if it was like the pool competition was the final thing. You know, that would have been good, too. Yeah. So you have that moment of like he finishes and they're waiting for like the scores to go up, you know? Right. And then boom, 92. Oh, he won by 0.4 points. Yeah. Or you know, and, with a broken hand. Yes. There you go. Right. They could have done it where he's he's on his um his run. He dropped the jacks, the the the, uh, the dagger flunkies. They drop the jacks. He breaks his arm. I'm like, oh, well, listen, man. Like, it, it's you, you. You can't do this. You, you got a forfeit. He's like, no, fuck that, man. I'm going in there, broken arm or no broken arm, and he he guts it out. 
I think that would have been mm-hmm. a better ending. Yeah. But otherwise, man, that's really my only complaint in this movie. This is a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Just, real quick, one last thing. <laughs> I, I kind of didn't like the, I guess, was it the B or the C storyline where Josh Brolin's character is kind of fighting. He's competing for a sponsorship. Yeah. I, I thought that was a little off. It it doesn't ruin the movie, but I felt it kind of undercut the whole idea of just like, yeah, you know, we're just we're just a bunch of skaters from the yeah. valley and we're just trying to make a name for ourselves in a way. Right. I think I think that's a thing though in the skateboarding world is to get like sponsors to go to these shows and to promote the So I, I guess in that in that circle it makes a lot more sense. It's it's something that in this movie does not play a big part in it at all. Mm-hmm. He he meets the guy once, and then he at the end the guy shows back up. Right. So it, it's definitely underdeveloped and not like a real dramatic part of it. But I can see what you're saying. Yeah. If if it had been more in the forefront, I think it would have been a. Yeah. It would have made a little bit more sense. But like you said, he meets the guy twice, and it's just kind of there. Yeah. It's an added bonus of winning of winning this downhill. Right. Yeah. It. It, it, before I looked it up, because I don't think he's a real um, person, but before I looked that up, um, I thought it was like, oh, this must be the guy that funded the movie. Like, <laughs> it's his skateboarding company funded the movie. So, of course, they're competing for his his sponsorship, nah. you know. But, Sam Flood. Yeah. Was he a real guy? No. Oh, okay. He's an actor. Yeah, yeah. When I looked it up, I, when, you know, I looked as watching, I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess it's just a thing. Like early skateboarding was all about getting sponsorships, you know, to try to make it legit. Yeah. You know, I like how they called him a geese. Who's the geese? <laughs> like, oh, man, I love that lingo. There you go. Some great lingo. He did a lot of voiceover work. The guy that played Sam Flood, Chuck yeah. McCann, died in 2018. Wow. Pretty cool. So there's uh this was a pretty good cast. Yeah. All seemed to go do things. Sherilyn Fenn, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think I was reading that the first choice for Josh Brolin's character was Johnny Depp. I saw that. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, you guys, want to get into the plot? Yeah, let's do it. Let's. Dan, what you got for us? Okay, friends, you know where I'm going with this. I say it every week, and if you haven't done it by now, shame on you. Go follow our good friends Tia and Brittany over at Geek Vibes Nation, GVNation.com. Their podcast, Top Ten with Tia, Coffee Break with Tia, Tea Time with Tia. I think she's got like. 50 pop they're awesome we love them go check them out uh at tc underscore stark on twitter at itty bitty brit on twitter uh twitter and again just go to gvnation.com search uh top 10 with tia give them a follow okay great and we are going to take a quick break and you guys are going to listen to some messages from friends of podcast and we will be back in a second Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Oh, 
Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribed to the best little horror house in Philly, and I'll see you boils and ghouls over there. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into the plot of Thrashin. We open on some abstract shots of skaters using the dirtiest fucking lens ever, and then we cut to Josh Brolin's bedroom as his alarm goes off and he gets ready. Brushing his teeth, brushing his fantastic 80s mullet, continues getting ready as Meatloaf's Thrashin' plays. And then he skateboards off his roof and heads out on the town. And it's just a montage. Okay. Quick question. And I probably answered my own question as I was thinking about it here. But was he like, did everybody know he was leaving at that time? Or was he like sneaking out? Like that, like having a skate ramp there, it would precede you from and using it from actually sneaking away. I think. Well, he's got the he's got the notes yeah. on the bathroom okay. mirror from his mom. Oh, okay. Yeah, where where yeah. his uh his bag is and all that. Yeah. yeah. So I I think it was a planned trip. Yeah. Okay. Because I was just like, that's a weird way to sneak out of the house. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Awesome. <laughs> but it fits this movie. Yep. <laughs> and then it's just a montage of him traveling through L.A. into Venice Beach as the credits roll. He makes it to his friend's house who has set up a trailer in his backyard for Corey, who is Josh Brolin, to stay at while they train and get ready for the competition. Corey and his friends set up a half pipe, and then they all try to decide who gets to ride it first, and they decide Corey gets to. So we got another montage. Okay. So it's the way they explain away the fact that they could build a half pipe is that thing later on that that one kid had goes to shop class. Is that like the so, way? right. <laughs> because I don't, I don't know. know if I would trust, you know, th- those kids to engineer a, a half pipe correctly. I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's a lot of DIY in the skateboard community. Yeah, yeah I maybe. feel like maybe I'm not giving them the credit. Yeah, I feel like you at there at some point you've tried to build, you know. Yeah, and it probably wasn't nearly as good as this, but they've tried. They've probably failed plenty of times, and this is like the culmination of all those tries and fails. Got it. I would say. I don't. Does, yeah. Does anyone like work? Are they or are they too young to work? That is a good question of how old are these people supposed yeah, to be? Yeah, I have no idea. So Chrissy is in college, so I assumed that they're all around college age, with the exception of Hook being older. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm placing Hook at like 25. I think that's a good Placing idea. Chris Chrissy at 21. So I'm assuming that Josh Brolin is right around 21, 22. Right, because Hook has a house, and he, he lives yeah. with other people, we, but... yeah. Which they're totally dealing drugs out of. And they're definitely not getting their security deposit back. Most assuredly. (laughs) I I have the thought that they own that house. Do you think it's like passed down from family? Yeah. I 
so I thought I thought both he and his sister are from Indiana, and this is him like going out on his own and making something of himself, which isn't much, which is nothing really. Yeah, it, the only reason I say that is because they are very blatantly doing things that uh, even the most absentee landlord would notice <laughs> them doing. Oh, you're talking them. about the safe the safety deposit? Sure. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. They so, they he owns it with like twelve other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. Yeah, like they definitely <laughs> are not renting um, yeah. because the neighbors would already have them kicked out. I was just going to say so they, that they're, they're throwing parties, so they probably driving the property values down. That's for <laughs> that's sure. Very yeah, true. yeah it, they're, they're definitely a nuisance in the neighborhood, I'd imagine. Yeah. I was just curious. How Can we get they, another mod? How do they afford it? I have no idea. They Skating? I, I'm assuming it's the drugs. There's, yeah, it's not, they have yeah. to be dealing drugs. So, yeah. There has to be some economy coming in and that's the only thing i could think of was velvet's turning tricks Ooh, i don't want to think that but you're right so we get another montage as the guys test out the half pipe and there's some pretty good skateboarding photography here for an obvious low budget movie i especially like the part where it's obviously a person with a camera on a skateboard following the skateboarder mm-hmm. yeah we then cut to the guys driving to the beach they ogle some skate beddies as they call them before the daggers show up led by a hook Daggers are a gang of skateboarding toughs so that don't mind hassling the man with their sweet skateboarding tricks and vaguely leather daddy fashion sense. I, I think they missed an opportunity to give him a better name that matched with Dagger than, than Hook. Yeah. Should have been Cloak. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Cloak and Dagger, right? Yeah. Uh, like, I feel like there's a there's a Captain Hook reference here that we're not getting. Yeah. Like they're like he, they're the it. Lost Boys. Like if they were the Lost Boys and he was Captain Hook. Hmm. I don't know, man. It's it's weird. And it's not a first of all, none of them are intimidating whatsoever. But no. Hook is not an intimidating name. No. Even the only way it's intimidating is if you actually have a hook. Right. <laughs> and he does not. He's a good-looking guy. Yep. So, I don't I I think that was just uh, you know, misguided youth like call me Hook, you know, that's badass. It, it's, yeah. You guys see Peter Pan before? <laughs> right. What's more <laughs> badass than that? <laughs> so the daggers hit the boardwalk and then hassle some break dancers telling them that breaking is a memory and just shame them <laughs> so rude <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do you think do you think if tobro and own zone went and saw this in theaters they walked out at this point <laughs> yeah like like break dancers and skateboarders can't coexist <laughs> right apparently not totally different things don't even get them started on inline skaters <laughs> Well, that I could see. That sucks. Let, let me let's be clear. The break dancing piss poor. <laughs> yeah, it was nothing to write home about. No, they, like they're popping, locking, and it's ooh, it's it leaves much to be desired, folks. <laughs> it, it's it would be like watching us pop and lock. It's very bad. Yeah, almost it's borderline embarrassing. <laughs> so our hero crew shows up at the boardwalk and watches some skaters shred in the path to the extreme. They start skating around, but then one of Corey's friends says that maybe they shouldn't be here because this is Dagger's territory. Corey scoffs and then starts thrashing the Dagger's quarter pipe and then leaves. That's like throwing down the gauntlet, right? Yep. That's mm-hmm. skater. That's skater talk for like, I just brought it. It's like shitting in someone else's pool. <laughs> That's what he did, basically. Okay. Yes. Damn. Yeah. Without um, <laughs> running the comparison, I wonder if this was the since Tony Hawk is in this movie, if this school and all their skating by was an inspiration for a level in Tony Hawk that looked kind of similar, or um, maybe if, yeah, because I couldn't really tell everything, but just certain aspects. I'm like, ah, 
that reminds me of you know the school level in Tony Hawk One. Mm-hmm. Why now that you mention it, why wasn't Josh Brolin an unlockable character in Tony Hawk Pro Skater? Yeah, Corey. Corey. You Just can unlock Wolverine and Spider Man, but not uh, <laughs> not Corey. It's a red a red hoodie and no shirt underneath. Yeah. <laughs> The funniest part is if we go back to those games and there is a character called Corey and we just didn't <laughs> see it the whole time. Yeah, we just we didn't draw the connection. <laughs> he then watches a skater do some freestyle tricks as a crowd looks on and the Corey notices a clean cut cute blonde in the crowd who notices him too, which makes sense because they're easily the best looking people in this crowd. <laughs> but then Sherilyn Fenn comes to up to Chrissy with her three foot high hair to drag her back to her brother. Turns out that Chrissy is the sister of Hook, the leader of the Daggers, and she's visiting from Indiana. Then on the drive home, Bozo is driving, but there's no AC in his car, so his friends start complaining. So Bozo says that his dad convinced him not to get a convertible, so then the guys convince him to let them solder off the roof and turn it into a convertible, which he immediately regrets. But then they give him a really gnarly paint job and turn it into a skate cruiser. Real quick, I love the graffiti Mm-hmm. In this movie, had, did you notice any of it? Mm, don't remember it. So the best one by far is when uh, Corey shreds the, the the dagger's half pipe. And on the half pipe, it says, fuck you, dick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It's, like, who is that to? Right. Who, who is the dick? I don't, I don't know. Uh, and in the car, it, when they when they do the paint job on the car, it says, sorry, dad, on it. <laughs> I did see that, yeah. Yeah. Oops. Sorry, Dad. That's kind of out of place. I think that's not something someone who thrashes would do. Yeah, I think it says the Bose Mobile or something on it too. The Bose. Yeah, it does. I think you're right. <laughs> so then Chrissy heads over to her brother's house, which they are obviously selling drugs out of, and there's some weird incest vibes going on between Hook and Chrissy. Maybe I was just picking I up on the that. same thing. <laughs> they have there's sexual chemistry between them. Yeah, that'd have been interesting. <laughs> this movie took that turn. <laughs> well, well, I at first I thought that they were dating. Right. That that would be the obvious choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's a little too he's a little too hands on, right? Very much. Yeah, he's he's very aggressive. And, he's yeah. an aggressive. And now guy. your theory makes her line later in the movie sound even more creepy when she says he's been like this since we were kids. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> and then Hook gets some fashion advice from Chrissy about his earrings. Meanwhile, Corey and his crew are also getting ready to go to a party. Crew goes to some skater club where the band's playing and people doing freestyle tricks in the club. One of Corey's friends gets all his outside booze confiscated. <laughs> that, I, that actually made me chuckle, that scene. <laughs> it's funny. He was like, is that it? <laughs> and he looks oh, up the, the bartender. <laughs> the bartender has a pretty good line. He was like, are you going to start your own bar or something? <laughs> <laughs> the daggers show up and they act like they own the place. And the Red Hot Chili Peppers start playing as Corey sees Chrissy and something called the Thrash Bash happens, but it's not entirely clear what that means. But while everyone is distracted by this Thrash Bash and a heroin error, Anthony Kiedis, Corey pulls Chrissy out of the club to have a talk. Every time you say the word Thrash or Thrash, and I just want to... Dan's thing from earlier is this in my head, and I just want to keep saying, what do you got? (laughs) Every time. This this is the scene. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Chrissy feels like a fish out of water at the club, saying she's used to frat parties. And Corey says, ah, they're just thrashing. This whole exchange about what do you got comes up. Then she tells him that the only reason she's hanging out with the daggers is because Hook is her brother. Then he asks her if she wants to try a skateboard. And she shows off that she actually has been on a board before. But 
didn't look like the didn't look like the actress was gonna land that turn though. They cut away like pretty quick <laughs> when she does. <laughs> so Corey tells her that he's currently training for the LA downhill, and she says Hook is doing it too. And then we have another montage as Corey and Chrissy go to a carnival and walk Hollywood Boulevard. They stay out all night and they have to rush home because Corey has a pool competition and Chrissy is going to get in trouble with Hook. The first time I watched this, I thought pool competition meant billiards. I was like, okay. man, how are they shoehorning <laughs> billiards into this now? He, he hustles on the side. Yeah, that's how he makes his money. They can afford that trailer. Chrissy goes back home and sure enough, Hook starts giving her the third degree about where she was last night. He tells her that he has to look at he has to look after her and she says that she's the one looking after him because their mom is worried about him, probably because of all the drugs he's been dealing. <laughs> Allegedly. It's, it's definitely uh I guess you could say it's read between the lines. Yeah. She apologizes and then tells him that she was out with Corey from the valley, which pisses him off because he only wants her hanging out with daggers. Which is kind of also incestuous. I don't mind dudes fucking my my sister as long as it's a dagger. Yeah, that's almost like Conan the Barbarian level of weird, right? Where you know, you're a part of this tribe. You can only fuck within this tribe. Mm-hmm. If I catch you going out with anyone else, it's like instant death. Yeah. You've got a fuck monk who's my right hand man. Yeah, I guess he's, which is also weird. Like if you're, if you're playing wingman, you should never play wingman to your sister. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to hook you up with my sister. Ew. Gross. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> and then Corey goes to the pool competition. Tony Hawk plays one of the skaters here. And Corey watches the other skaters. And we get a montage of some thrashing. And then Corey drops in and he's tearing the pool apart. As the announcer says. Until the daggers show up and one of them throws some ball bearings into the pool. Corey felt uh, Corey. I almost said Corey Feldman. Corey wipes out <laughs> and needs to go to the medical tent. You, you would. The one thing is the crowd so loud that they didn't hear ball bearings hit the metal or ceramic pool. N- not even loud. It, it's broad daylight. <laughs> There's hundreds of people there. Yeah. Like no, like the sec the the next skateboarder is at the very least going to notice, <laughs> as the same thing happens to him. Yeah, it makes Corey's, no sense. Yeah, Corey and his friends lament those dastardly daggers tricks, and then Corey sees Sam Flood, the owner of Smash Skateboards. Corey goes to talk to Sam Flood, and Sam says he likes his style, and tells him to come see him, and he'll give him a tour of the factory. So he does yeah. exactly that. Go ahead. Yeah, before before they go on the tour of the factory, and had very much like this is how I lure young children to my van <laughs> with <Vice>. t-shirts <laughs> skateboard and t-shirts so he does exactly that and flood shows him some prototypes of boards and wheels and basically tells him if he wins the downhill flood will sponsor him then we get a montage of Corey and his friends hassling the normies on hollywood boulevard skating all over the hollywood walk of fame and they go to popeyes and get some popeyes and then they yeah. try to scam on some girls in the parking lot uh, that, that was the the montage of them on hollywood boulevard was great because you knew it was gorilla filmmaking for that mm, yeah just by some of the looks like when they start falling over each other yeah it, it was that you was could tell perfect. those you could tell those tourists were not too pleased Th- yeah. that's what i mean when i said at the beginning i completely understand why uh boomers hated uh skateboarders mm-hmm. it, it's pretty obnoxious but again yeah. it's like it's harmless fun unless uh, you're a I dagger imagine, right <laughs> i can imagine myself getting it like god damn these kids teens Get out of my way, god damn it. <laughs> like, guys, I'm, I'm just on my lunch break. I need, I just, I need to get by. 
<laughs> trying to make my way to the bank or something. <laughs> Already having a shitty day, stuck yeah. in traffic. LA traffic. Go by and they make him drop his fries, which is only for the day. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the, oh, and that's man. when the, the, that person just decides to end it all. <laughs> yeah, that's the beginning of falling down. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see the, uh, sometimes people post it on social media, like, you know, someone smiled at me today and that's what I needed to continue on. Little did that person know that I was having a bad day. All it takes is a smile. This is the exact opposite where <laughs> this person was on like hanging by a thread and they had, you know, whatever they had, something trivial, fries, I'd mark. And yeah. these kids just come by you know, with their shenanigans, knock over the fries, and they're like, that's it. That's the straw that broke the camel's back. Yep. Yeah. The guy was like, God, give me a sign of why I shouldn't kill myself. But it happens. I was like, well, it was a sign, but not the one I was looking for. <laughs> right. Message received, loud and clear. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Corey gives a call to Chrissy, but Hook answers. And Hook tells Corey that Chrissy is going to be busy for the rest of the summer, so don't bother calling again. And if he sees him with Chrissy again, he's a dead man. Probably means that she's banging all the daggers for the rest of the summer. Imagine he hangs said up on that. Corey. <laughs> she's going to be just knee deep in dagger dick. She's getting plaid by my boy. <laughs> Back off, bud. <laughs> Later, Corey skates over to the dagger flop house and sneaks around to see the daggers randomly beating on each other in the living room. <laughs> He tries to climb a tree to see if he can climb into a second floor bedroom, and then he slips and winds up grabbing a branch, and he's stuck there. And Chrissy comes out and makes fun of him for falling. And then Cheryl and Fenn catches them and tells Chrissy to get Corey out of here before Hook sees. So Corey and Chrissy go to a diner, and after housing a five-gallon bowl of ice cream, Chrissy freaks out because a couple of daggers show up in the middle of Corey explaining his terrible idea for a skateboard design. So she sneaks out without the daggers noticing her and Corey follows. They head back to his trailer and he shows his terrible sketches for his design and then they fuck. Remind me, because you watched this twice. Um, mm -hmm. When she says, let's get out of here, I'll explain why. She never explains why, correct? I think it's just like, they're the daggers and her brother doesn't want to see her. I don't even know if it really needed more explanation okay. than she said at the table. But it just felt like something that might, like a scene was cut out or something. Yeah, it might have been, but there was yeah. there was no full fuller explanation than what she says at the table. Yeah, okay. They, all right. Then they could have cut that part where it was just like, let's get out of here. More. Okay. Right. Never mind. Just I, think it, I think that's just a way of segueing to them fucking. Yeah, like, that's what she means. Here. I'll yeah. explain means I'm yeah. going to fuck your brains out if we leave right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. No questions yeah. asked. Yeah, I do have to appreciate them making Josh Brolin do the gratuitous uh, shirt taking off nudity that happened in 80s films <laughs> in, in, instead of the girl her behind him like yeah. there <laughs> and then taking it off for the camera yeah hey yeah. Uh, listen it all and it, to be fair he looks good in this movie <laughs> he looks good in this movie no yeah he's got he's got, he got abs for days man yeah, he, he's sun-kissed skin. He's got the awesome 80s, <laughs> the, the, the mullet thing going on. He He's living his best life out in L.A. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just love that you could put this scene side by side with any gratuitous nudity, and it's the same camera shot, Yeah, same thing, except it's just the guy in the front. How old is this rolling? Oh, wow, he's 24. super young now. He was like 18. Oh, okay. Now it's kind of weird that I said he looked good in this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was born in 68. 
So he might have been 17 when he made this movie. Ooh, right here, my math is wrong. Yeah. I don't think my math is wrong at all. Yeah. No. Okay. That's 27 um, would be 95. Yeah. All right. So they fuck, and after he walks her back to her brother's house, and she tells him to call her tomorrow, and then Corey heads home with a post-coital thrash on his board. But Hook and his daggers see him, and they start thrashing after him, seemingly all over the city, till they wind up in a parking lot garage and out again i think i love this scene i think one of the daggers dies in this scene (laughs) (laughs) right one of them goes flying off the parking garage yes he does yes but and did they not lose a person after like i remember the guy flying and i think it was the same amount of daggers still following him i i couldn't tell how many people were in the daggers it was all over the place i felt like (laughs) i thought there was four following him then they then the scene we're talking about where the one dies and it cuts back and there's still four following i don't know it's it's an undisclosed number (laughs) they just keep coming they keep spawning yeah they're they're like the immortals from 300 one dies another one pops up to take its place (laughs) but hook never die man Then Corey hitches a ride on a city bus, and when it stops, Hook gets on and tries to look for him, but he doesn't see him. So he leaves because Corey is actually on the roof of the bus. No idea how he got up there. Nope. I'm assuming maybe there's one of those emergency exits on the top of the bus, like in the school bus. It has to be. But it blends in perfectly with the top of the bus. Yeah. (laughs) But then Monk, one of the daggers, tells Hook that they know where the ramp is. So then they go over to where they built the ramp, and the daggers burn it down. Next morning... Our crew sees the ramp burnt down and they go to pay the daggers a visit. They get to the house and they call out Monk and Corey's friend Tyler starts kicking Monk's ass. But then Hook hops off his porch and cheap shots Tyler in the dick and then beats the shit out of him. Yeah, not adding to his badass thing here by him needing to start the fight by kicking Tyler in the dick. Yeah. Real quick, in my mind, and I don't know how you feel about this, guys. I kind of thought Hook was almost a good character up until this point because he he hasn't done anything he's kind of like he's given Corey a bit of a hard time but by being an overprotective brother so as i have two younger sisters i get it right when when there's a bunch of strange dick out there and they're all honing in you know hook's no fool he knows chrissy's an attractive lady so obviously he does (laughs) (laughs) him more than anyone he needs to know less (laughs) he's been like that since a kid like you said so, but I, I get it because so he's trying to protect her. I thought but now this is when douchebag hook comes out in like the second act. Yeah, I think the chase through all of L.A., then burning down the ramp, and now this is is his downfall. Yeah, yeah. is his heel turn, as you would say. Yeah, th- this is that's yes. exactly when he becomes the heel. Mm-hmm. And Corey, who was slowed down, slowed up by the youngest member of the crew, shows up. And tells Hook the fight is between the two of them. Hook and Corey almost come to blows, but Chrissy gets between them. And Hook challenges Corey to a joust that night. And Corey's crew leaves. Chrissy tries to convince Corey not to joust right before the downhill. But Corey says it's too late for that. And she can't get any info about what the joust actually is from her brother or his girlfriend, Velvet. So then we get another montage. As everyone prepares to head over for the joust, which mostly consists of daggers putting on war paint and Corey just putting on a hoodie. They show up at the jousting location and the daggers looking like they're in a Mad Max movie. And the joust consists of Hook and Corey riding back and forth, swinging what looks to be a nunchuck with a sack on the end of it. Um, it's almost like a mace. Yeah. yeah I, I was hoping that it was an, going to be an actual joust. <laughs> on horseback? <laughs> no, 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 no. Meaning like they had big 
like uh, jousting sticks. Yeah, jousting sticks. <laughs> Whatever they're called. Yeah, I have in my notes that this should be an Olympic sport. <laughs> jousting should skateboard jousting should be a sport. <laughs> and the sack must have something strong in it because they each trade some back and forth hits until they eventually give up on the conceit and just have a good old fashioned fist fight. Uh, here's the thing: at many times, I was I'm unclear of the rules of jousting. So if if anyone out there who listens has jousted before mm-hmm. and knows, please fill us in. But several times they attack each other off of their skateboards. Yeah, it did not seem like it was like, oh well. I knocked you off your board. I win. It right. was more like just a, a roundabout excuse to just beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> like, who can deal the most punish? Yeah. Corey pulls out Hook's earring and then Hook gets on top of Corey and hits him with the jousting stick, breaking Corey's arm. Then the cops show up just so every so everybody scatters. Uh, the next morning, Chrissy shows up to Corey's trailer to see how he's doing. Corey acts like she's the one that broke his arm and he tells her he can't do the downhill with a broken arm. She mentions that she might go back to Indiana. They fight, and Chrissy leaves in a huff. But then Corey realizes that he was acting like an ass and then runs after her, but it's too late. She's gone. Chrissy goes back to Hooks, who is in the middle of entertaining his buddies with some righteous air guitar moves. Chrissy tells (laughs) Hook that she's going back to Indiana and that he ruined everything that Corey worked for just because of a game, quote unquote. That was what all that's all you had to do in the 80s. It was either thrashing (laughs) or playing air guitar. He was really playing that air guitar, too. Yeah, no, listen, he was, he had his solo. He was really going for it. He was, uh, he was rocking out. He, and the funny thing is he, he, he tells when Chrissy comes, he's like, Chrissy, you just missed me with my like righteous solo. Who gives a shit, dude? It's not a real guitar. You dismissed my performance or something like that. Performance. What performance? The air. I remember when I was in high school, I would like during class, sometimes when I got bored, I would play the air guitar. And my teacher would yell at me, hey, am I, like, am I boring you, Mr. Aquino? And I'd be like, oh, sorry, sorry, didn't mean to. This guy's, like, proud of it. <laughs> you missed my, my, awesome, my awesome performance, Chrissy. Mm-hmm. Did you do the air guitar like you were kind of, like, practicing guitar? Like, you know how, like, people that golf on the weekends, all of a sudden they just start, <laughs> when they talk to you, they'll just all of a sudden start getting into their golf swing like from which, which randomly? I do, and I don't golf. But uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, like I would just be, I would be sitting in like English class. I'll, I'll never forget. I was English in English class, honors English. Got to, you know, pat myself on the back there. <laughs> honors English, uh, junior year. And I was just sitting, I was pretending like I was playing while my guitar gently weeps the solo to that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just sitting like, <laughs> so I'm, I'm doing the whole thing. And my teacher goes, am I boring you, Mr. Aquino? Oh, sorry. Sorry. I, and I was very embarrassed because, as one should be when they get caught <laughs> playing the air guitar, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Not like Hook is so into himself, and his cronies are so into him, and they definitely inflate his ego where that's considered cool. Yeah. So Chrissy goes to pack her suitcase, and Velvet tries to convince her to stay, but she's not having it. Velvet goes to get something out of her trunk when Corey thrashes up, asking to speak with Chrissy. But Velvet lies and says that she just dropped Chrissy off at the bus station and that she was in hysterics when she got home. And then she basically tells Corey to hit the bricks. All of this happening while Chrissy is very clearly standing in her bedroom window, which is wide open, meaning Corey should be able to see Chrissy and vice versa. And they could also have a conversation with each other from these positions. You should be able to hear. Yep. It's like, oh, is that Corey? (laughs) 
And Velvet's like, no, just some other guy. Just some other nobody. Just some some nobody from the valley. The mother thrasher. (laughs) Later, Corey tries to drink away the pain of losing Chrissy and breaking his arm with his buddies who tried to tell him to forget about Chrissy. And Corey tells them that he's going to still going to do the L.A. massacre despite the broken arm. And then instead of Velvet, Hook drives Chrissy to the bus station. And he doesn't quite apologize more than he just explains that he was only trying to protect her. And he gets crazy when guys start sniffing around her. She tells him that she's not a little girl anymore and she doesn't need a bodyguard. And he drops her off at the bus station and she leaves. That didn't look like a bus station. Or was it just me? I've seen some shitty bus stations in my life. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was going to be one of those scenes where they pull over to stop to get something to eat or something. Mm-hmm. Or he stops to talk to her and then uh, Corey would go by or something like that. Uh, because it just, I don't know, just in screen bus station, I, I was just expecting another scene. I was, I was so expecting, and this would have, I think this might have ruined the movie for me. There's a scene where Corey is trying to practice his skateboarding with the broken arm and he, yeah. he keeps getting hurt. So Chrissy's bus drives by. And yep. for a split second, I thought they were going to do it where she sees him and gets off the bus. And I, again, I think that would have ruined the movie because that's stupid. You can't have yeah. that. Yeah. You got to bring her all the way to almost all the way to Chicago for her to get out of the bus, turn around and go home. <laughs> Such a long way. Yep. Yeah, that would have been days. Yeah, I don't know how she gets back in time. Yeah, I think he's I think from that when she gets on the bus, I think it's still technically like two days from the competition so it's possible okay yeah but it's a lot of miles yeah halfway to chicago from la we don't exactly know how close he she gets to chicago she's on her way to chicago and we do see a sign that she is at least 362 miles from la when she's on her way back okay so we could assume that she probably makes it let's say a thousand miles which is still significant Yeah, yeah that's that's not a short distance yeah we're thinking another montage as Corey starts to try and figure out how he's going to do the downhill with one arm. And Chrissy gets on the bus to Chicago. We even get a moment where Chrissy's bus passes Corey as he practices. And while on the bus, Chrissy starts going through her purse and comes across the necklace that Corey gave her in the diner. And then she gets off the bus in the middle of nowhere, starts to hitchhike back towards L.A. First, she gets a ride from a nice family in an RV and has little luck for a while, even resorting to showing a little bit of leg. But eventually she gets picked up by a female truck driver 362 miles exactly from Los Angeles. And I wonder if it was a specific... So the two times we see her get picked up for hitchhiking, both of them are female. And I wonder if that was a specific choice because they didn't want to insinuate that Chrissy is putting out to try and get these rides. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. I, <laughs> I had the same thing. There's no way, right? Yeah. Yeah, nobody rides for free. So. Yeah, I think that, I think it was a very specific choice. That the, the truck driver happened to be female. Yeah. Uh, they, and that was the right choice. Yeah. Yes. No, yeah. You don't want you don't want that in your head. It's like, how did Chrissy get home? Right. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. That would have been like, so how did you get here? Uh, I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. We have to go to the clinic. Right. Yeah. I would have been here sooner, but. <laughs> Hook gets ready for the downhill with some studded leather, leather arm guards and everyone else heads to the L.A. Massacre. Dagger show up and start hassling Corey's crew or still waiting for Corey to show up. Corey shows up at the last minute and he and Tyler go take their place on the starting line. Then after some exposition by the race announcer, the race begins. There's just a whole lot of skateboarders going downhill with the occasion, occasional person falling off their board in hilarious fashion. And, and doing that terrific camera shot that I didn't yep. know I loved until I saw it. <laughs> 
It's not particularly cinematic, part of the reason being that it never seems like they're going particularly fast, but eventually it's down to Corey and Hook, neck and neck down the stretch until Hook wipes out and possibly almost dies as he falls off the side of the road and down a cliff, and then Corey wins, and Chrissy shows up, and he gets a partnership with Smash Skates, and even Hook gives him his approval to date and fuck his sister. (laughs) And that is the end of Thrashing. What a fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. Pure 80s. Again, 10 out of 10. <laughs> Would watch again. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, the only thing that was missing from being a complete 80s movie would have been instead of just uh, Hook wiping out that far, would have been if Hook wiped out and then Corey went and helped him up oh, so right. they could race oh, to the end. Yeah, that would have been interesting. I don't want to win this way, Hook. <laughs> <laughs> Not like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. I, I agree. I think that would have been an interesting ending. Yeah, it's a great time. If you haven't seen Thrashing, which I feel like there's a good chance that you haven't, and you like 80s cheese movies, definitely a one to watch. Yeah. Now, I have a, I have a question for you guys. I, I posit a question. Uh, fuck, Mary kill. Ooh. Thrashing. Gleaming the Cube. Dirt Bike Kid. Three movies we've uh, seen, right? Yep. Mm. Well, the only one that seems morally correct is Killing Bike Kid. <laughs> because I do not want to fuck or marry a kid. Well, I'm not. I'm not talking about the child. Just, the movie. The movie. Not, okay. It has nothing to do with the kid. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, you can marry the dirt bike. Don't worry about it, Mark. We're not recording this. <laughs> say well, exactly my... what you were planning to say. <laughs> just into my chest. Say. Don't mind the hat. Just go about your business. <laughs> ah, this is tough. I feel like I honestly. Like, my mind is telling me that to kill the dirt bike kid. But I got to be honest with you. If I really thought about it, I probably enjoyed that more than I enjoyed Gleaming the Cube. I was, I was, yeah, I was thinking if I had to rank them, it would be, yeah, that way. Yeah, I, I don't know what ranking them would mean in Fuck, Marry, Kill. Um, I think we, we all agreed that we weren't big fans of Gleaming the Cube. Yeah. Yeah, so, it was fine. I think I'm marrying Thrashin. Yeah. A very oh, happy marriage. Okay. I've. Yeah, because I I, th- I feel like you always approach this with be you assume married is in a loveless un unfun marriage, and I'm I'm planning to have fun with thrashing. Okay, I want thrashing around forever. That that was my <laughs> thought. Yes, if, if marry means thra- thrashing is around forever, then yes. And if yeah. fuck means I just get to watch gleaming the cube once or twice, then yes. Okay. Uh, if that means I have to fuck a sentient dirt bike, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Then so be it. <laughs> now, that's interesting. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I'm going I'm going a different way. I'm I'm killing dirt bike kid. Okay. I'm marrying gleaming the cube because there's martial arts in it. And <laughs> okay. I, I think that's something you could do on the weekends together. You know, practice your martial arts. And I'm fucking thrashing because again, it's just there's you got Josh. Oh, but he's 17 years old here. <laughs> uh, all right, so all right, I'll stay away from Josh. Remember, Brody. it's not about the kid. That's true. But I'm, I'm specifically it's just, it's making just the movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I think right because you're gonna have to, you're gonna have a lot of fun with Ration. You're gonna be out till three a.m. in the morning with Ration. You know, so that you're gonna have fun with them. I don't know if I want to essentially ruin the fun. You know, with because it gets stale after <laughs> with the <a> marriage. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. It's gonna get stale, and I want to thrash for you know. I'm with you, Ant. I want to thrash forever. So that'll be 
that'll be my summer fling with thrash and then we can always we'll, ha- we'll always have the summer but gleaming the cube is just it's the safer marriage i think gotcha so you you don't want it's like you feel like feel like the, your love affair with thrash is too volatile yeah it's, I, it's just it's too it's more uh passion right yeah and, infatuation and cause, right because it, it has the whole gang warfare thing going on yeah i i it, can't always have that in my life it's lust over love <laughs> yes you're lusting for thrashing yes and then once that goes away because lust will always go away exactly you'll be left with something that you don't necessarily love and then and then i'm kind of like stuck in no man's land right because now i'm now i'm clinging to this thing that i no longer love Right, and thrashing is out thrashing with other people. Right, right. Well, I'm at home with the child. <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, thrashing will thrash whatever. Yeah, exactly, guys. So yeah, I'm I'm stuck at home with the kids, cooking, cleaning, and I'm trying to get in touch with thrashing. They're out thrashing. So what? What? Are, what are the kids? Is it airborne and rad? <laughs> right. <laughs> it would have to be right. <laughs> And, and and Rad is just not doing their homework, just not <laughs> listening to me. Airborne is more, you know, they're like they're the goody goody. They'll they're fine. I don't have to worry about Airborne. Uh, Rad is just really giving me a hard time, and I need Thrashin there to put Rad in its place. And I just I can't get in touch with Thrashin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, interesting. I think that's gonna wrap it up this week. We've got uh, we've got an episode coming out next week, and then we've got St. Patrick's Day is on the horizon, so uh, be on the lookout for that. We always do something special for St. Patrick's Day. We got a pretty good movie coming up next week too, um, so you don't want to miss that. Check us out on all the socials that we're going to be playing right after this. And uh, yeah, that's gonna wrap us up this week. The director of Thrashing is David Winters. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Lavecchio telling David Winters, "Well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you?" Thanks for listening to They Called Us a Movie. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at TicTampod. That's T C T A M Pod. You can also check us out on TikTok at They Called Us a Movie. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.